Hi everyone, I'm your host, Corinne Stone, and welcome to your favorite podcast, Mouthful. Hope you're hungry. October is National Domestic Violence Awareness Month. So, on today's episode, I'm going to be talking about domestic violence. One in three men, and one in three women, and one in two trans or non-binary people experience some form of physical violence by an intimate partner. I am one in three women. I am a victim of domestic violence. For a lot of you, this is going to be the first time I have brought this to your attention. It is not something that I talk about often, and it is something that is still very hard for me to admit because it is not something that I can just speak lightly of. Only a few closest to me knew of this prior to me releasing this episode. I have also been a witness to a physically violent relationship, and it is a very tough situation to get out of. I'm not going to go into details of either situation, because I don't want to be a trigger to any of my listeners. But also, because I just do not have it in me to fully dissect what really happened. But the relationships never started off that way. My point, making an episode about this topic, however, is because there are a lot of you who are unaware of what is an unhealthy and unsafe relationship. A lot of you do not know when to leave. And I used to be you. Walls were hit before I ever was, and I never thought that I would have taken its place. I'm going to read a few things from this website that I found that discusses domestic violence. It's ncadv.org, and it discusses a few things pertaining to why victims stay and what the abuser does to make leaving the more difficult choice. When it is a viable option, It is best for victims to do what they can to escape their abusers. However, this is not the case in all situations. Abusers repeatedly go to extremes to prevent the victim from leaving. In fact, leaving an abuser is probably the most dangerous time for a victim of domestic violence. One study found in interviews with men who have killed their wives that either threats of separation by their partner or actual separations were most often the precipitating events that led to the murder. Precipitating meaning it causes it to happen suddenly or sooner than normal. A victim's reasons for staying with their abuser are extremely complex and in most cases are based on the reality that their abuser will follow through with the threats that they have used to keep them trapped. Such as, the abuser will hurt or kill them, they will hurt or kill their children, They will win custody of the children, or they will ruin their victim financially. The list goes on. 
The victim in violent relationships knows their abuser best and fully knows the extent to which they will go to make sure that they have and can maintain control over the victim. I know there are some of you out there that have tried defending a toxic relationship to your friends when you had just gotten back together saying, I know him better than anyone. He said he's changed. The victim may not be able to safely escape or protect those they love. A recent study of intimate partner homicides found 20% of homicide victims were not the domestic violence victims themselves. Instead, family members, friends, neighbors, persons who intervened, law enforcement responders, or bystanders. The fear that the abuser's actions will become more violent and may become lethal if the victim attempts to leave entails unsupportive friends and family, knowledge of the difficulties of single parenting and reduced financial circumstances, the victim feels that the relationship is a mix of good times, love and hope, along with the manipulation, intimidation and fear, the victim's lack of knowledge of or access to safety and support, fear of losing custody of any children if they leave or divorce their abuser or fear the abuser will hurt or even kill their children, lack of means to support themselves and or their children financially, or lack of access to cash, bank accounts, or assets, lack of having somewhere to go, no friends or family to help, no money for hotel or shelter programs, and fear that homelessness may be their only option if they leave. Religious or cultural beliefs and practices may not support divorce, or may dictate outdated gender roles and keep the victim trapped in the relationship. Belief that two-parent households are better for children despite abuse. Societal barriers to escaping a violent relationship in addition to individual obstacles victims face when escaping violent relationships, society in general presents barriers. These barriers include a victim's fear of being charged with desertion losing custody of children or joint assets, anxiety about a decline in living standards for themselves and their children, dissuasion by police of the victim filing charges, some dismiss or downplay the abuse, side with the abuser or do not take the victim's account of abuse seriously, reluctance by prosecutors to prosecute cases, some may convince the abuser to plead to a lesser charge thus further endangering victims. Additionally, judges rarely impose the maximum sentence upon convicted abusers. Probation or a fine is much more common. Despite the issuing of a restraining order, there is little to prevent a released abuser from returning and repeating the abuse. Despite greater public awareness and the increased availability of housing for victims fleeing violent partners, there are not enough shelters to keep victims safe. Some religious and cultural practices that stress that divorce is forbidden. The socialization of some made them believe they are responsible for making their relationship work and failure to maintain the relationship equals failure as a person. Isolation from friends and families, either by the jealous and possessive abuser or because they feel ashamed of the abuse and try to hide signs of it from the outside world. The isolation contributes to a sense that there is nowhere to turn. The rationalization of the victim that their abuser's behavior is caused by stress, alcohol, problems at work, unemployment, or other factors. 
Societal factors that teach women to believe their identities and feelings of self-worth are contingent upon getting and keeping a man, inconsistency of abuse during nonviolent phases, the abuser may fulfill the victim's dream of romantic love, the victim may also rationalize the abuser is basically good until something bad happens and they have to quote-unquote let off some steam. If you are experiencing or are a witness to domestic violence, please call the domestic violence hotline or 911. I do not believe one in three men and one in three women or the one in two trans or non-binary people is accurate. There are so many cases that go unknown and the ones that are known are the majority of cases that ended up in the loss of someone's life. There was a 22-year-old Yardley Love who was found murdered in her apartment just a few weeks before graduating college. And all her friends pointed the police to one man, George Hughley, her ex-boyfriend. It didn't take long for investigators to uncover the disturbing history of domestic abuse. But despite multiple people knowing just how violent George could get, no one ever spoke up to get the help that Yardley needed. On October 3rd, 2022, Crime Junkie made a podcast episode about the young woman, and it states in the episode that when Yardley was found and they had opened the investigation, that there were countless stories of George being violent, especially when he would drink. One of the most overlooked hotbeds of domestic violence activity is on college campuses. In the aftermath of the tragedy, in order to prevent the same tragedy from happening, Yardley Love's family established an organization called One Love. One Love helps educate young people about healthy and unhealthy relationships. They hold workshops about the signs of an abusive relationship and how to find the resources that will be the most helpful to those that are experiencing the abuse. As of August 1st of 2022, One Love has educated over 2 million young people through workshops and peer-to-peer -peer discussions and over 100 million people and have been reached with One Love's educational video content. And to support the creation of the My Plan app, which is an app that helps others engage in the level of danger they are in, it also helps them make a plan to safely get out of the situation and help find resources to support them. I downloaded the My Plan app and you don't have to put any personal information in and the app is protected by a PIN number so no one else can get in. Many of you don't want to get involved because it isn't your relationship or your business, but then you find yourselves wishing that you would have done something. You can do something, and you could do it anonymously. For anonymous, confidential help available 24-7, call the National Domestic Violence Hotline at 1-800-799-SAFE or 1-800-787-3224. Now, again, call the National Domestic Violence Hotline at 1-800-799-7233 or 1-800-787-3224. If you are unsure that you are in an abusive relationship, you can either go to the One Loves website that I have linked below or download the My Plan app. Abusive relationships don't always start with physical assaults or death threats. They can start with accusations of things you aren't doing, such as cheating, 
or wanting to know where you are at all times, or even just threatening to harm themselves if you leave. Again, for anonymous, confidential help available 24-7, call the National Domestic Violence Hotline at 1-800-799-SAFE or 1-800-787-3224. Thank you guys for listening. Always remember that you are never as alone as you feel. Bye, everyone. See you next time. I always have a mouth.